comment. Uh, yeah, first I need you to tell me who the five are real fast because I was enjoying the coffee in downtown Bonneville. So okay. Away. Well, there you go. You're in the you're, you're in beautiful city. So it was McDavid, McKinnon, uh, Kucherov, Makar, Matthews. Yeah. I who does so who does he who does he supplant in that top five? Well, Nathan that's the thing, center? right? Well, the, the, you can't. I think the I think the top four are the top four, and I think it's between Matthews and Drysaddle. And I mean, Matthews is having a hell of a year. So I'm. I mean, I. I think it's a tough. I. I mean, I think anybody who who has this difficulty, Leon could be five, but but Matthews five is not is not ludicrous. It's not ludicrous, but I would say this. Who's done more with the team they're on? I would say Leon has. Who's more predictable? I would say Leon is. Who's got more around him? I would say Matthews does. So I I think if I had to write a university paper, which I don't think you write university papers in this subject, but if I did, I could make the case reasonably strongly for Leon being ahead of Matthews. I think I think that's, but I do think for me anyway. Uh, my list goes McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr, and then I get shades of gray. I don't dispute that, but if we're talking about two of the three of the same guys being on the same team, shouldn't that team be a little more dominant than it is? Maybe we're, maybe, I mean, no. maybe we're mis, maybe we're misreading Nathan McKinnon a bit. I don't think we're misreading Kale McCarr, no. but I, 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 I'm not, I'm not completely great sold. I'm not completely sold on Nathan McKinnon. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There's numbers, and I realize there's a Stanley Cup, but I'm, I'm not completely sold on Nathan McKinnon. If you've got him and Leon in a line, and I got to choose one, and. I, I don't know who's older than whom. I assume Leon's a little younger than he is, but I, I don't have that in front of me. So you're going to blow up our text line the other way. Good Lord, people. Good. Could we just, you know, um, the thing about Matthews. I don't Matthew- care what they write. Just write it. <laughs> the thing about Matthews is, um, now that's a guy who's played on a team that hasn't really won Jack Doodley, you know, in his time. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. You yeah. know, and he's, uh, you could, you could really, really argue easily that Matthews has had a lot more around him than Leon has. I, I don't think that would be a hard argument to make at all. Yeah, it's mm, it's an interesting it's an interesting question. I I, I will probably have to spend more time on this. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we have other pressing issues like fifteen right. wins in a row, like. Right. I, I I always try to when I start preparing for the show, I go, okay, what is what's the what's the live wire? What's the tender nerve? And I don't right now, fifteen wins in a row, I mean you could make something up, oh well, Cody Cece, or well, you know, they need a center in the middle who's right handed, but fifteen wins, Steve. <laughs> you know what I was gonna ask you? I thought of this yesterday. Is it easier to talk about what was going on at the start of the season? Or fifteen wins in a row. It's, it's probably what was going on at the start of the season. So, right? much, so much easier. We've had so much practice, and well, and it's it, why is it easier to criticize than say they're not? They're, they're, I can't figure out what they're doing wrong. And I'm reading the paper after last night, and oh, it was boring. 
like I give a rat's rear end, whether it was boring or not. You know, <laughs> how many teams win the Stanley Cup and then 20 years later somebody goes, yeah, but that was a boring team. Not very many except maybe one New Jersey Devils yeah. team. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. right? In, yeah. in about 2000, whenever that was. Plus, they had Other a great. Than that, they had a great goaltender and really good two-way players. So they they well, earned it. You know, they suppressed everything. Yeah, and when, I'll tell you what: when winning becomes boring, I may stop watching sports. And I, I, I you know, those three years of the NHL, whatever years they were, two thousand twenty oh one, twenty oh two, right around there, they weren't the most exciting. Because once you got a one goal lead, that was the end of that. Yeah. But when when winning and giving up one or fewer goals. 15 straight games is whatever the number is, two or fewer. That's when that gets boring. We've we've got a serious we've got we've got a serious problem in Central Alberta. Yeah, no, I agree, and I I, I th- like I remember the '80s where you could. People don't believe me when I say this, but you could get tickets to the '80s Oilers because people they won so much. People are like, yeah, you know, I got other things to do. It got it it became less exciting because they were so good and so dominant, and that's why I always appreciated the Calgary Flames. Because no game in the 80s I ever saw between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers was boring. No, and you know what used to freak me out is when I would produce Oilers games, and the stars would usually, the three stars of the game would usually be picked by Terry Jones or Dick Jube. And sometimes Wayne would have four points, but Pat Hughes would get three goals, and, you know, Kevin Lowe would get three assists, and Grant Fuhr would make a bunch of saves, and Wayne had four points, and Wayne wouldn't be a star. Crazy. And I always thought, oh, are we watching the same game? <laughs> and, and the argument was the same. It was like, well, you can't give him a star every time he gets four points. Well, I actually think, yes, you can. But then there's this jaded, oh, yeah, we've seen that so many times. Let's give it to Pat Hughes. He never gets three goals. Well, that's great. I get it. Aren't we picking the stars of the game, not just some guy who had a, a really anomalous game for him? I never understood that. I never understood getting bored with winning, but you're right. It's a thing. Yeah, it is, and it, it I think it affects – I know it affected Orr, and I think it affected Gretzky, and it will affect McDavid in terms of awards voting. People just get tired of it. They go, God, he can't be that good, even though they are. I never got tired of watching the Oilers win. Huge fan, obviously. But when you talk to people in Toronto, when I worked with Hockey Night, they were so sick and tired of hearing about the Oilers. And it was impossible to convince them that this actually was something we should be fetting and celebrating rather than criticizing. But I I think some fans just default into... We can't just praise things. We have to we have to chop them down every chance we get. And it was probably no coincidence it was coming from Toronto either. Yeah, and I and I do think that 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 fans of other teams get sick of oh my I remember honestly God, I remember people going, Oh my god, Gretzky again, would you stop talking about him? And but he was that good, Steve. You can't help it because he's scoring like 212 points or 215 points. And, and we're used to like 110 being the record. It, it was just, it was outrageous. It was impossible. And one thing that bothers me, and it's all the perspective, but I, I, I've done a rough count. I think I saw Wayne play about 650 times in person. And not a single person who hears that now has 
anything to say other than, oh, you lucky bugger. You are so lucky you saw that so many times. Well, why am I lucky now? But for some reason, we we weren't all lucky then because we could watch him. I mean, you couldn't watch him 82 games a year, but you could watch him 60 times a year if you lived in Edmonton. And why was that? Why was that an issue? But now, all of a sudden, well, now you accept that he's the greatest player in the history of hockey. Well, guess what? He was then, too. But it required a little bit of looking to figure it out and to realize what you actually had right in front of you. I think that's a hard thing for some people to wrap their head around. Steve Lansky, our guest from Big Mouth Sports. Uh, Corey Perry at practice today was on the third line with Holloway and McLeod. Sam Gagne was the extra, fourth line, Ryan Yanmark and Connor Brown. Uh, if you're Corey Perry, do you want to come back? What if you end up playing on a team in game 16 or 17 and they lose? I guess you want to play, right? <laughs> yeah, I think if you're Corey Perry, you want to play. Uh, I, I I struggle a bit with Corey Perry. I, I really do. He, he He's a bit to me like Nazem Kadri. I watched them both play junior hockey. They both played under Dale Hunter, um, which was a hmm, unique dynamic to begin with. And I watched Corey Perry one time in a junior game. The whistle had gone, and I watched him look right at the referee. And as soon as the referee turned away, he slew-footed a guy. And I thought, wow, that's not a guy that is ever going to impress me. It's just not. Now, would that directive have been coming from his head coach? Oh, probably it would have. Yeah. But I've always looked at Corey Perry a bit. I don't know what the word is, a bit sideways with a bit of skepticism. I, my experience, Al, is people just don't change. They don't. And I'm hoping he fits in, but I'm not totally comfortable with the whole scenario. That's the best way I can put it. Well, I find it, one of the things that, that I my brain works in mysterious ways, Steve, as you know, but I, I think that Perry will come out of the lineup at times, or he'll go into the lineup at times at the expense of a really good penalty killer, say Connor Brown. And Perry's the one guy, if you're going to play him, you want penalty killers who are good. I'll tell you something, man. If I've won 15 games in a row, the amount of messing I'm doing with the lineup is zero. I mean, I just, that part, I can't even get my head around. Now, let me get this straight. We won 15 games in a row, and we're going to bring in a guy with, you know, they, let's let's pretend they brought him and Taylor Hall to Chicago to be around Connor Bedard and provide some some guidance. I I don't think that's who you should be bringing in to provide some guidance, but that's just me. And now you're bringing this guy into a team that's won 15 in a row. I don't. I I would like to break down that wisdom because I just don't see it at the moment. So final one for you, Lansky, and then we're going to let you go for the weekend. Bonneville, but what are you enjoying yourself? Is the weather nice? Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We're going to go out and snowshoe on an unbelievably sunny lake in about eight minutes. So the, you're you're going on the part of the lake that is no danger. Um, there's always danger when I'm out there, but it look there's there's ice fishing huts on it. I can see it right now. Okay. Uh, my wife has just held her hands four feet apart, saying that's how thick the ice is. No, that's so, how thick your brain is. Well, I think that's 
Oh, right. That is what she meant. Yes, I know. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for clearing that up, man. I've been, I've yeah. been there. Oh, and now she's, now she's looking at me like she's kind of nodding, but not really. I think we're going to have a discussion after. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, and she's saying, I don't know him to everybody around her. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Lasky, have a great weekend. Thanks, man.